You're listening to the Health Call Radio Hour, where doctors, researchers, authors, nutritionists, and top health professionals share the latest news about staying well and living better. The information you hear today is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, but it's always timely, credible, interesting, and best of all, there's never a copay. Now, here's your host, health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. Thanks for joining us again. I'm glad you are here. It is back to school season, a busy time of year for families. My kids are all grown and making their way in the world, but I do recall the challenge of getting back into the school groove, a challenge that is complicated when you have a child with ADHD. Today, parents are often looking for alternatives to prescription medications for children with a mild case, and they sometimes seek out help beyond stimulants for others. Many parents turn to pharmacist and clinical nutritionist Greg Russell, the founder of Fort Wayne Custom Rx, a compounding pharmacy you'll find online at fwcustomrx.com. He's also on the city's north side at 425 East DuPont Road, right behind the Casa Grill. Craig says a number of studies support using both nutrients and minerals to help combat the effects of ADHD, which he says can take a real toll on both students and their parents. About 10% of our kids, it's, you know, you think about a classroom of 30 people, there's, you know, three kids that are going to have a real difficult time focusing. And for them, it's traumatic going back to school. And so we see this, um, parents come in and they say, gosh, you know, um, the teacher is, is telling us the kids can't focus. We notice some behavior issues at home. You know, what do you have? How can you help? And, you know, we, we go back and we look at, you know, historically, it appears for most of us that, or to most of us that work in the world, uh, in the world of pharmacy, that ADHD problems are starting to expand. We're starting to see more and more of it. And I'm sure COVID, um, in, increased anxiety levels and certainly fed some of this. Um, but even before COVID, we were noticing an increase. And I don't know if it's maybe better diagnosis, um, but it certainly is a more complicated problem than it has been in the past. And the problem we now seeing is that now we recognize that many adults have ADHD and maybe up to 5% of the adults. So there's been different theories on different types of diets that might help children with ADHD. And most integrative doctors right now will tell people to truly try to watch their, their consum- consumption of refined sugars and, and carbohydrates, watch and reduce the artificial sweeteners, um, and probably a food allergy component is also there, that maybe a child has an allergy to milk or soy or eggs, and it's not the typical allergy that, you know, you're getting nauseated or having bowel problems but, you know, it might be affecting your, your cognition. So, you know, there's lots of different theories um, and uh, as to why that happens, but nothing really definitive. Yeah, you know, I have some personal experience with this. One of my, uh, one of my kids uh, was on Stratera taking the stimulants, and uh, so we, I fully understand the struggles that parents face. We live that life trying to help that child get through school, and fortunately, as an adult, he's doing quite well, but it took quite a bit of time. And, you know, you, you just made a point there about the, the potential allergy connection. I keep reading there is a definite correlation between ADHD kids and digestive tract problems. 
That these kids tend to have uh, maybe not irritable bowel syndrome, but they do have an unstable pattern, and that's a real challenge. Yeah, so I see that as, a, as an issue. I was going to say there's definitely a, an issue with, you know, we've had shows before where we've talked about the brain chemicals being made in the digestive tract, and I think that mm -hmm. correlates back to them as well. Yeah, oh, that gut-brain uh, interaction sure makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. So if you want to approach this from a – you're not suggesting that parents step away from prescribed medications. I know that's the case. Well, that is so, true because prescribed medications, you know, they are the most effective way to treat. Uh, parents get concerned because of some of the adverse effects. So let's talk about a few of those real quick. You know, one of the, one of the things that we worry about when we give kids uh, stimulants – is that we're going to reduce their appetite, and so, um, and that's definitely true. Some kids, you they'll become, and they're already fussy eaters. Many of them are already fussy eaters, mm -hmm. and uh, so it makes them more difficult and more challenging for parents to get them fed. Uh, a second problem that that we will have is is that it, um, in the short term. If they're not dosed exactly right, if they're dosed too late in the day, sometimes kids will have problems going to sleep at night. You know, they almost kind of invert. Um, hard to get them up in the morning, hard to get them to bed at night. And then probably the one that's most alarming for parents is they worry about their kids' stature. They, they worry they'll quit growing. And it appears that when you first start people on, on stimulant medications, and we're talking about drugs like Ritalin, um, you know, Adderall, those type of medications will slow growth by about half an inch a year. But the thought is by the time they reach puberty, um, they do start catching back up. And, um, you know, but, you know, there's still a concern for parents. They don't want their kids. Yeah, and short. I think kids, <laughs> kids often notice those side effects. My, my son, for example, um, uh, was hiding the pills. Uh, and, you know, didn't want to tell us he wasn't taking them and just didn't like the side effects. So I, yeah, as I said, we've lived this world. Yeah. So what we did not know at that time was that nutritional components play a role. Tell me what you see in the patients that you talk with. Yeah. So, you know, we do, again, um, if you, if you really delve deep into this, you'll find out, A, they're real fussy eaters. So, you know, you're going to have to try to get them to eat fruits and vegetables. And, of course, there are um, ways that you can do that, um, but that's one challenge that you have to overcome. Uh, you've got to get them to cut back the sugar and, and try to see if that makes an impact. You know, for some kids it makes a huge impact. For other kids it, it's insignificant. So, you know, most, most studies show that there is some benefit to the Mediterranean diet. Well, that makes a lot of sense because we start looking at uh, minerals like magnesium and zinc and vitamin D and iron. Those, those four minerals have been tied into deficiencies of those minerals. Do, um, patients with ADHD tend to be more deficient in those minerals than patients that don't have ADHD. And iron is very significant. Um, that's one of the first signs of, of an iron deficiency is some cognition and focus issues. So that's, that's step one probably is, you know, get that medical exam, find out if you're low on iron, um, you know, talk to your doctor about that. And of course, that's easy to, um, to, to remedy. You give, there's all different forms of iron that can be given. So, um, but it's, it's funny, you know, you and I have done many shows over, over many years and that magnesium and vitamin D3 come in almost every type of health issue, which really underscores how important they are. We don't want vitamin D levels of 100. We want vitamin E's in that 50 to 80 range, probably at max. But, you know, we need to know those vitamin D levels also. 
Yeah, that is so true. Uh, and it's easy to determine with a blood test. Uh, and, you know, and sadly, uh, many physicians don't recommend that. So it's a good thing to ask about, at least right. in my opinion. Um, and, you know, let me just back you up there. I just saw a study the other day that once again, we've talked about the Mediterranean diet and all its benefits for heart health and other things. But cognition is also enhanced by people who are using the Mediterranean diet. So if it, if it helps for seniors who are trying to enhance their cognition, sure makes sense that kids would benefit as well. Sure. It's overall health is, you know, the Mediterranean diet is a really hard diet to, to argue against one way or the other. And one of the elements in that Mediterranean diet is omega-3 fatty acids. And you think that plays a real important role for kids with ADHD? I do. Brain fats are really, really important. And, and we know, for example, when babies are born, <clears throat> DHA is very important. That, that affects their cognition. There was a study years ago that showed that infants born with lower DHA in, in, their, in their system, in their blood, had higher, had less cognition, became, had less cognition development. And so what we know is that now we fortify baby formulas with DHA. So when somebody comes in and says, you know, where should I start? We almost always recommend they put them on an omega fish oil. And I tend to lean more towards DHA. However, the studies for ADHD don't really show a preferential DHA over EPA, but DHA is kind of known as the brain fat. EPA is probably known as the heart fat, but both together, you know, there is some crossover and they both are important. So we'll try to find a fish oil that a child will take. And that's why having a relationship with a pharmacist is important, especially one who can step out from behind the glass and share their special knowledge. When we come back, we're going to explore specially formulated chewables that deliver herbs and nutrients shown to help with anxiety and attention issues, plus some breaking news about those new weight loss drugs that are proving so effective. There are new ways to get the actual FDA-approved ingredient, but in a form that doesn't cost an arm and a leg. That sounds like pretty good reason to stay tuned for more of today's Health Call Radio Hour. You're listening to the Health Call Radio Hour, your regular weekend appointment with top healthcare professionals, where every session is painless and we never keep you waiting. Now back to health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. Welcome back. In just a moment, you will hear how pharmacist and clinical nutritionist Greg Russell and his team at Fort Wayne Custom RX are helping make that exciting new weight loss medication available to patients for just a fraction of the big price tag that some people are being forced to pay. That's still coming up. But first, let's jump back into our look at vitamins, nutrients, and herbs designed to help kids manage the symptoms of ADHD. Greg says, these compounds are easy to take, even for a child that struggles swallowing other medications. Probably the most basic one we have is one that's called um, Child Calm. Child Calm is a chewable, uh, and it has some different, uh, uh, you know, uh, vitamins in it. But uh, the main main component in it is theanine. So this would be a product that I like to use when parents say, "Hey, you know, I've I got a kid that's kind of anxious, nervous, hard to focus." Um, I have difficulty getting them down at night. I have a difficulty getting them to settle down at school. And the theanine, I like theanine because theanine is probably um, the, one of the safest supplements we could give. It's basically what's found in green tea. 
And then this uh, this child cum also has lemon balm extract. Tell me what what is significant about that? Well, lemon balm is a very calming herb. Um, so we'll see it in a lot of our sleep formulations also. So again, we're not trying to put the kid to sleep, but it's just trying to bring their bring their temperature down a little bit so that they can focus. Okay, so that is a, that's a product that's geared toward calming. Uh, there's also concern about focus and increasing your ability to be attentive. Yeah. What, uh, what's on the shelf to help with that? So, I, again, I like products that can contain phosphatidylcholine or phosphatidylserine. So phosphatidylcholine, again, is a precursor to a chemical called acetylcholine. Acetylcholine helps with memory, and it also helps with, you know, just focus, you know, and so I, I like uh, products that help make acetylcholine. One that I like is Teen Focus that has that product in it. And again, it's a little bit, you know, more for older kids. You know, again, the thought is you're supporting the brain, you're supporting the brain chemicals because the theory on ADHD is that your body doesn't have enough norepinephrine and enough dopamine to make those brain chemicals. So help me understand that again. Those stimulants block the breakdown of dopamine and norepinephrine so that your brain has more to work with. So supplementing those, those precursor elements are, is meaningful. That's, that's right. So that's kind of what we're trying to do. We're trying to use something adjunctly um, to try to help. Give me an example of, of how I'm going to know whether these products are making a difference for my child. What, what kind of behavior shift are you seeing reported by patients? These are not drugs, so they're not mm -hmm. going to work overnight. You know, and so you've got to give, you know, three to six months realistically. Um, sure. Generally, they're considered very safe. The, probably the biggest thing we would, might have is some kid um, or child may, may experience some nausea from, from, from the vitamins. We mentioned there are teen-focused capsules, but for younger kids, is there a different version I yeah. can take this in? That's right. We have the chewable type products, you know, for the younger kids, because obviously a, a six-year-old or seven-year-old might not be able to swallow capsules or tablets. Sure. Do I need to be concerned about interactions with any of the ADHD medications? Is this going to pile up in sort of an accumulative effect I need to pay attention for? Yeah, you know, we haven't seen that, but historically, you know, I always recommend that you let your doctor know what you're taking as far as a supplement goes, because then anytime we add something, especially if somebody's on a prescription medication, you want to judge whether or not it's effective. And then if a child is starting to experience a side effect, you want to make sure it's not the supplement doing that. We've not seen long-term problems, but let's just talk about vitamin D. We know vitamin D, for example, is safe, but you know if you're taking too much of it and no one's, no one's monitoring it, there are concerns that it can precipitate calcium in certain joints. And you know, long-term, that's not a good thing. So we want to make sure that, that we keep people in those right, right, right ranges. Is there anything else you want to touch on with ADHD? I have something else that I want to touch base with you on if, if we are clear to move on to that. Oh, sure. I am very interested in what's going on with uh, the whole weight loss medication world. I just am seeing more and more reports about uh, people looking outside the traditional pharma products, the Wegovi, the Ozempic, those medications that are proving to be so effective for weight loss. And they're in shortage, they're extremely expensive, that limits the availability to people. How is the pharmacy world responding to that? Well, many of us are trying to compound some different products. Um, you know, I see there's two problems. One, there's a shortage that's 
particularly significant for a patient that has diabetes that needs these drugs to be able to you know, control their diabetes. These drugs are very powerful and they're very helpful for patients with diabetes. So we don't want to take that supply away from them. And then the other issue is, you know, we've got the FDA involved and, um, you know, we can't just compound anything we want to do. We have to, you know, follow the laws. Many pharmacists, including most of the professional pharmacist organizations, will line up on that side and say, yes, there's an FDA shortage. We should be able to compound that. The government doesn't always agree with us on that. And so, you know, that's fraught with other legal issues. The second concern is, you know, price. You know, I think you've, you, you've quoted in past radio shows that these drugs are, you know, nearly, what, $1,000 a month? Um, yeah, I'm seeing cash prices uh, can be as high as $1,700 a month in some cases. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, is there a way that it could be done differently? So we don't make the injectable version, but we do make a sublingual suspension. And the thought on that was if you could put a smaller dose under your tongue, A, can you bypass some of the, the gut effects, you know, that we're finding out for side effects? by doing a slow adjustment up. Can you start with a really low dose? Um, and B, can you make a price so patients aren't paying $1,000 a month? You know, so it becomes more available to the masses, you know? Because right. to be quite honest with you, these drugs are losing 10% of body weight, which is enough to stop diabetes, mm-hmm. which is enough to lower people's blood pressure and reduce their heart risk. And we're just finding all kinds of benefits to these drugs. And of course, that's all tied back. A lot of it's tied back to to weight loss. So how can we do that? Well, what we came up with, as well as some other compounding pharmacists, we've kind of worked together, is to try to take the tablets, break them down into a smaller dose, into a suspension, and have patients place that under their tongue. And you have to do it daily, but considering, you know, can be used as an adjunct to lifestyle modification and you know me, I'm all about lifestyle modification. It's not just taking the semaglutide. You have to be monitored by a doctor. You have to do, try to change your lifestyle, watch what you eat, reduce your food consumption, um, watch your calories, eat more whole foods, less processed foods, get your exercise in. I think in combination, there's benefit. So we, we price it for about a month's supply for about $118, I think is our price. Um, but again, it requires a prescription. We want our local doctors watching our patients locally um, to prevent problems. Are you seeing the weight loss that's similar in scale to what's happening with the injectables? be quite honest, it's early on. We just have been doing it for ourselves the last couple of weeks. So we're, we're monitoring it. We take, you know, we're really watching to see if this is really effective. You know, I'm, I'm optimistic because in from my understanding of pharmacy, this should work. We are using an FDA-approved product when we right. make this medication. Right. It's the real thing. It's the real it's thing. It's just a, a different method of delivery and a different dose. And a different dose, right. Access to these new weight loss drugs at a fraction of the full cost is meaningful for people with metabolic syndrome or prediabetes who may not otherwise qualify for insurance to cover semaglutide in its injectable Wegovy or Ozempic forms. These powerful drugs are creating a number of issues for health insurance, employers, and Medicare, so we'll be following it all in the months ahead. If you'd like more information on the nutritional supplements to manage ADHD symptoms, reach pharmacist Greg Russell at fwcustomrx.com or visit the pharmacy at 425 East DuPont Road behind Casa Grill. Look, I know weekends are busy and you've probably got lots to do, 
but I hope you'll take us along because we're back in a moment with the second half of today's Health Call Radio Hour. Podcasts by Federated Media. 